Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The next Tuesday at 4 p.m. on KCA Radio and YouTube Live. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. AP News, I'm Tim McGuire. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, President Biden says the nation must never forget what happened there 100 years ago. That's why we're here, to shine a light, to make sure America knows the story in full. May 1921. About 300 people were killed in an attack by a white mob on a prosperous black neighborhood on May 31st through June 1st, 1921. We do ourselves no favors by pretending none of this ever happened or it doesn't impact us today because it does still impact us today. We can't just choose to learn what we want to know. The president says not only were there no arrests, there was no count of those killed in the racist massacre. I come here to help fill the silence because in silence, wounds deepen. An off-duty Los Angeles County firefighter went to his rural fire station about 45 miles north of Los Angeles and opened fire on two fellow firefighters, killing one, critically wounding the other. Sheriff's Lieutenant Brandon Dean says the man then went to his home and set it on fire. They saw an individual in a uh, small pool outside of the actual residence uh, appeared to be suffering a gunshot wound to the head. At this time, it's unknown if it's self-inflicted or not, but we know that no deputies fired, and we don't believe anybody else was at the location. There's no word yet on the identities of the firefighters or the motive for the shooting. An FBI agent, Eduardo Valdiva, is charged with attempted murder in the off-duty shooting of another man on a subway train near Washington. Montgomery County, Maryland State's attorney John McCarthy tells WJLA. There were words exchanged between both, and at some point in time, uh, the agent uh, withdrew his weapon, uh, from his uh, holster, and uh, the victim was in fact shot. This is AP News. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? The people in your life? What do you want to protect? Your possessions? The things that belong to you? The things that you've worked hard for? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted, 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Everyone thinks their home is safe until the unexpected happens. Start protecting your home and loved ones today with the affordable next generation in home security. To keep your family and property safe, call 1-800-202-7711. Representatives are standing by to assist you. That's 1-800-202-7711. 1-800-202-7711. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Are your deductibles too high? Or are you completely uninsured? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Healthcare Help Desk can help you now when people need help the most. Health insurance laws and rules have changed. If you have Obamacare, are uninsured, or your premiums are too high, call Healthcare Help Desk. It's free. New healthcare plans are available, and you may qualify for dental coverage and lower copays and deductibles. Make the free call now. Top quality coverage at the lowest prices anywhere. You may be paying too much and not even know it. In these troubled times, healthcare is more important than ever. Don't let another day go by without health insurance. 
Policies are being offered with very low copays and deductibles. So if you're uninsured, underinsured, or paying too much, call Healthcare Help Desk. Call 800-755-7762. 800-755-7762. During this time of uncertainty, Indy's Demolition in Huntington Park is open for business and the staff is optimistic about the future of our community. Now, more than ever, it's time to shop local. Indy's Demolition encourages all listeners to support small businesses and local families. Share your buying and service experiences online and by word of mouth. Together, we can mend the fabric of our community. That's from Indy's Demolition in Huntington Park, where they're reminding everyone your hand is the heart of our community. The Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands is serving up some really cool ice cream at La Micho Acana. Then get your chocolates and other delights from Seas Candies. Moms and future moms who visit the mall can cool off and relax while they get treated like royalty at Shiny Nails or Francis Nails and then pampered at Texture Hair. The Tri-City Center is filled with retailers who care about you. Shop at the Tri-City Center in Redlands and see why they call it the mall with a heart. This is KCAA. Oh my. Oh my. You are now tuned in to the Revolution Radio Show. Yo, what it is and what it do, you're officially tuned into the Revolution Radio Show on 102.3 FM, KCAA in the Inland Empire, worldwide on the NBC Radio Network and on the iHeartRadio app. As always, I'm your boy, Jay Love, a.k.a. Uncle Jiggy, and I'm always joined by the statesman himself, Mr. Ferran. How you doing, sir? I'm good today, man. How you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, man. This is the 1st of June. Yeah. 2021. And uh, how was your Memorial Day, by the way? Man, it was actually cool. I spent it with my mentor, and so we had some some nice dialogues. That dude is intelligent. Caldwell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that dude is intelligent, man. So I, I pick his brain every chance I get, asking him questions and his points of view, perspective. And uh, with his 55 <laughs> decades of yeah. uh, mental health education, that, that dude is smart, man. Well, he's, he's got, got some real time on earth. You know what I mean? Like, just his time on earth is is... You know, I love talking to older people, man, because like just when you trip off the amount of things that just they've witnessed, you know what I mean? Like, you know, because we're starting to get to an age where like, I mean, look, we just in our lifetime, uh, we have two Gulf Wars. We have uh, 9-11. Now this pandemic situation, the you know, the uh, the Arab Spring uh, the social uprisings of 2020, like, you know what I mean? Like we have stuff, imagine them, all of the stuff that they've seen. So I find it fascinating. Uh, speaking of that, something we didn't get to talk about yesterday, uh, cause we are definitely dedicating the whole thing to, uh, Memorial day. We definitely wanted to do that once again, salute to all of those who paid the ultimate price, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, and those who served alongside them and, you know, cause I know one of the things that we didn't really get to delve into, uh, but, you know, survivor's guilt for a lot of people. I know my brother oh, struggled yeah. with that a lot uh, as he, uh, I, for lack of a better way of saying it, witnessed, um, yeah. you know, some of his comrades fall by mm-hmm. his side. Um, and so but uh, yesterday also commemorated the 100 year anniversary of the Tulsa race riots and actually it's more so the Tulsa massacre for those of you who don't don't know what it is um it was there was a section of Tulsa Oklahoma uh that was affectionately called Black Wall Street due to its prominence um a matter of fact uh, I did a little bit of digging and found out that black you know that area of Tulsa Greenwood um was actually you know like block for block more successful than the white area of Tulsa, uh, which is what a lot of historians actually believe was a big part of the reason of like why it was so overwhelmingly devastated because there was a lot of jealousy right in that area that, you know, how could these uh, Negroes 
you know what I mean, have accomplished these things. And, and so it was the first time in on American soil that planes were used in a terrorist attack. So, ladies and gentlemen, in case you weren't aware of that, um, 9-11 was not the first time. It was in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921 when they used planes to rain down bombs on the black community there in Black Wall Street. Um, and so that topic brings up, obviously, uh, reparations again, because uh, whether you talk about it on the broader scale of all descendants of African slaves here in America or just the rep, like they still haven't received reparations. The survivors of, you know what I mean? Like there's literally three living survivors of Tulsa, right? So now we're talking about their families. So other generate, if, if, and when they ever see anything. Um, but uh, it, it is just um, almost uh, like I, I it's, it's difficult to find words to, to put it into uh, to figure out how reprehensible it is that for other major tragedies uh, that have happened throughout the course of this country, right? Like the Japanese received reparations uh, after World War II for being put in internment camps, rightfully so. Uh, the Jews, rightfully so, after the Holocaust, uh, you know, received. Matter of fact, even we've said this on this show before, slave owners after the emancipation of the slaves here in this country received reparations for all of the slaves that they had to set free. Um, but we're the only people that it just seems like, I mean, ugh, is it just me? I, you know what, man, there's some subjects in life that I just don't get involved in. And that's <laughs> one of them. <laughs> you know, I, I learned to discover what my voice is. And I have opinions, but I don't I don't think I would speak intelligently enough to have an opinion on that. I have not. Nah, like I said, that's maybe the callers, maybe somebody listening can comment. But hey, well, I'm going to I'm speak my, in my own mouth because nah. Well, I must be unintelligent. <laughs> I don't care. Um, you know, uh, even, you know, I just feel, again, justice is justice. Right is right. And wrong is wrong. Um, there's, I've seen, I think like four or five different numbers that have been proposed in terms of amounts. I don't think there's any amount really that would, you know, when, like I saw this one, uh, economist broke down, like, okay, if you were to pay a slave, like uh, an actual wage, you know what I mean? He broke it down based on the wage per hour, per day, per week, per month, per year, uh, he factored in inflation, factored in like, you know, it, it was a crazy number. But here's the thing. As crazy as the number was, right, it was in the trillions. It's not like America hasn't done it before. Like we've done it for other things. But see, here, here's OK. So here's 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 where I go, my mind goes. Mm -hmm. What how they how is the determination of who's going to get the reparations check all black people or are they now they're going to go through the DNA and they're going to figure out where, where you from and like, like, and then now you're going to have some black people who are going to feel like they're excluded. Cause well, I didn't get, how come I didn't get no check? I mean, I, I don't know, well, man. Yo, like, cause descendants of slaves, African slaves in this country. Cause we know, yes, there are a lot of Nigerians here and there's Jamaicans here and there's, you know, a lot of other, African people, right, of the diaspora. There's a lot of other, but we're speaking specifically the descendants of those who were basically robbed. So what's, the, what's the proof? What's the what's the proof? Blood tests? Like, what's the proof? I you got to have like like bro, the in like the Indians, right? Like my 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 ancestors are Indian mm -hmm. from my dad's and my mom's side, right? Chalk talk and all that. And but you have to have a death certificate of the relative who was an Indian to be able to be a part of that culture. That to tribe, you get that be. tribe, right? So my family, you no, know, my dad used to say that somebody had a, a a certificate, but they was holding it out. Like so, I mean, like like how you how you going to determine? Well, I mean, DNA is a, is a, is a beautiful situation. I mean, we can't like for example, I did my DNA. Right. And I found out that not only were my people from South Carolina, 
right from the south from the South Carolina area. But it even went deeper back further than that, uh, which I laugh now, which I figured out, oh, that's why I dress the way I do, because I found out that taking it back to Africa, my people are from Ghana. I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's why I'm so loud. Okay. All right. Go Ghana all day. You know what I mean? Um, so DNA is an amazing, and, and I've literally, I've found relatives, uh, you know, when I did my DNA, you know, uh, and, and the reason I knew it was accurate is because um, in addition to new relatives that I found, like, oh, yeah, yes, that is my brother, right? Like, or yes, that is my cousin, Right. So it, you know, so DNA is, is a is a really powerful tool that can be used to accomplish that. And it's something that could be done relatively quickly, you know. Um, and so I, I, I think it's just going to open up a whole nother level of people going to feel like they left out. And then, well, you know, life ain't fair. We do. You know what I mean? Like, look, we how long we've been left out. We've been left out of everything. Well, see, how, <laughs> see. How far are we gonna go back to we? <laughs> and 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 I get that, like okay, like you're saying, right? Because as we know, let me give y'all another history lesson. Uh, before the Europeans landed on this continent and the subsequent continents below us, there were African people here for as far back as they think a hundred million years, right? Not a hundred million. Years, I'm sorry, there was up to a hundred million people here. Mm. Let me say that correctly. So there was up to 100 million people here. They believe the African people here were several thousand years before any Europeans were here. But there was all kinds of people here. We know that the Japanese uh, were here, like, you know, that they traveled. So, like, this was think about that. A hundred million people were in what is now known as America. So uh, and we know that a lot of those people were African um, you know, so I know a lot of people are going, wait, what? Yes, there was a hundred million people here, which tells you how big the decimation was of the natives if their tribes were reduced to such minute numbers, right? Um, so think about manifest destiny, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, what do you when, what do you mean by reduced? What are you talking about? Are you talking about well, being killed or are you talking about yeah, being yeah, absolutely. Uh, blended, blended and breaking down well, a, a combination, a combination of those things, because we know that they were massacred. Uh, we know that, you know, uh, the Europeans were the first ones to institute chemical warfare with the introduction of, you know, blankets and whatnot with measles and smallpox and all of these things that the native people had no immu you know, immunities to not just here, but also in Central America and South America. Um, so. You know, so, yes, we know that. Uh, so the numbers that th they show in terms of uh, like the amount of slaves that were brought from Africa is actually inflated. Right. Because the real numbers far less. The majority of slaves went to Central and South America. Right. Uh, from, from Africa. But the, the number here was far less because there was already black people here. You feel me? So uh, and a lot of like you said, a lot of us do have native blood. Like I have a little, I, I have a little bit of native blood. I'm mad that I'm three percent off what I needed to qualify <laughs> to be a part of a tribe. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm there. I'm off by three percent. The tribe wouldn't. They wouldn't give me. They wouldn't give me that bump. Like they wouldn't round it up. No, round down. And and my tribe has a casino. I'm like, come on. Man. <laughs> I'm tempted to do my DNA because the military already own it anyway. So I'm like, <laughs> I just I just treat that as suspect, yo. I'm like, how you gonna tell me where how you gonna how they going all the way back there? How they find man, that? It's like, fascinating, man. It's a hey, the on. blood don't lie. How the they going? blood the blood don't lie, man. I'm trying to tell you. I don't I might do it because because of my sickle cell trade. That might give me a but I already know where my, my grandfather's from Haiti, so I know that, that population has a trait. So I don't know, man. I don't, I'm suspect on the whole DNA issue. Conspiracies. See, see now we're getting into some more conspiracies, and we're going to have some fun with those. <laughs> Speaking of conspiracies, man, have you heard that now Jake Paul wants to fight ex-UFC champ Ty, uh, Tyron Woodley? Yeah, I saw that. What? what? Well, these Paul brothers, man, if nothing else, uh, they're entertaining. If nothing else. These dudes, so it actually is official. Uh, Jake Paul's next opponent is going to be ex-UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley. 
Uh, both sides have signed contracts to clash on August 28th on Showtime. And Jake says this. Jake says he's going to drop him in two rounds. Oh, gosh. Now, you know, maybe I'm ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I don't know much. I don't Uneduca- know. Uneducated? I would, yeah. I would agree to some extent. We don't know everything. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I, but, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily wise to tell an ex shit, not, not just a fighter, like, okay, you know, a, a fighter, you know, maybe when you're talking to other celebrities, right. you know what I mean? Like the whole, you know, Nate Robinson Nate thing Robinson, and, yeah. and some, you know, but when you're talking about a, a world champion, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. Got that champion pedigree has actually tussled. Like, I think it's arguable that the UFC is the toughest form of combat right now, sort of like in the streets, you know, bare knuckle brawling or whatever. Right. But as far as like at an actual, like legitimate level. Yeah. Um, to me personally, I think the UFC is way more dangerous than boxing, and boxing is a dangerous oh, occupation. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. And you gonna drop a UFC dude in two rounds? I mean, it's entertaining. I love to hear that kind of stuff because I'd be like, talk your talk your stuff, boy. Just talk, go ahead and talk it. Cause I like it. I like when people get to jabbing their jaw. Cause you know, I do it all the time. I wonder what his fans are gonna say when he get knocked the heck out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the they they really believe him because they they they've spun such they've had a cool little run right mm-hmm. him and his brother yeah they've had a cool little run and I think they've created enough hype to where their fan base really believes these dudes now I put it this way I think for like for being YouTubers right because that's their technical occupation. Right. For being YouTubers, uh, they could throw they got hands for YouTubers. <laughs> you know, I think that's a safe assessment. They got hands what, for some YouTubers. Were they were they boxers and before they became YouTubers or were they was no I don't, I don't it know. was something they got into, you know, YouTube. So they just fighting. They just they just want to fight everybody. Yeah. That's how they, they're making their money off of fighting folks. They, they're making some money. Uh, they're making lots of money right now, actually. Lots of money. And I just, I'm going to watch this fight. I'm going to tune in because uh, I just think something really entertaining is going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just really think because uh, m- most brothers I know, when you get to, you know, talking and re- mm-hmm. it it just like some fires you don't want to light. You know what I'm saying? Like some some dogs you don't want to poke at. You know what I'm saying? And I just have a feeling that this, this brother gonna this co- is finally the one. Plus, not just that. I know if I were to like be in his circle, here's the truth. My friend, let's say it was me or you, right? If it was you, I would definitely be like, don't get yourself Nate Robinson. <laughs> Don't don't get you know what I mean? Like that's gotta be going into this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how we mess with each other. Yeah, I, I, maybe he just got a good trainer. I don't know, man. So you gonna put money on him? No. I'm not only if I'm in the ring. <laughs> man, you know, so I, I think it's gonna be entertaining, man. I think it's it's definitely gonna, that. I give you that. And so I'll say this, though, shout out to the Paul brothers, because, look, I can't be mad at they hustle. They figured out a niche for themselves. Oh, yeah. And it's working. You know what I mean? And speaking of controversy, see, I'm just running down the list real quick with a few things. Uh, but uh, you know who Naomi Osaka is? Yeah, I actually was, I read her article because it was uh, some of the things that she said and it caught my attention. 
So good. So now you can speak on this. So basically, French Open officials say they are sorry and sad for Osaka following her decision to withdraw from the tournament uh, from the French Open. That is. Uh, but they wish her the best and the quickest possible recovery and hope she's back next year. So basically what it is, is she decided to drop out of the French Open due to uh, depression amidst the controversy that she didn't want to do the press and everything. So I got a couple questions for you, but first, what, what do you, what do you feel about her decision to do this? You know, um, depression for those who experience it, depression, anxiety is real, man. And unfortunately it can cause you to make some good decisions and some bad decisions based off of, um, how far back you thinking about or how far in the future you're worried about. So there's something definitely going on outside of, of her sport. And um, I think it's, it's starting to interfere uh, with the could be the stress of the, you know, the weight of the world sometimes. I mean, it just depends. I don't know her, but just how she described what she was saying, there's something in the background. And um, it's bigger than it's bigger than that. It's bigger than her, her game for real. And then that's how it, that's how it surfaces itself. Yeah. Now, I mean, as someone who has suffered with depression myself in the past, um, it's definitely a real thing. And it's something that you just can't explain to people. Yeah. Right. It's just this this overwhelming thing. And so for me, this story was a little bit twofold, because on one hand, um, you know, because it started from the fact that she didn't want to do the press. Right. And she caught a lot of heat for that. So on one hand, I'm like, okay, you should have the right to not want to do the press and all of that. But on the flip that's side, part this, of the game, it, yeah, that's what I was about. It, it's yeah. part of your job. Like, you know, that's like, you know, if you worked at Walmart and you like, I don't want to work the register. Well, that's part of the job. You got to, you know what I mean? Or I don't want to, you know, put the hangers away. Maybe she's avoiding some questions. Maybe she's avoiding having to respond to some conversations that are troubling. No, absolutely. And and that's where it gets to, like, I'm glad that we're finally at a time that we can actually discuss mental health mm-hmm. and it not be like a bad mark on her. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, like we can discuss it and it literally, you know, not be something where people like, oh, you know, blah 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 she's you know whatever she's you know like back in the day they would have been like oh she faking it or because i remember hearing that about people back when they would say you know it's a a mental rest thing or whatever they're taking a, a hiatus oh, yeah. whatever yeah. they'd like they're in rehab or you know what i mean like as if rehab is bad right right um and so uh you know i just think that i definitely wish her health right i want her to get it together um i pray that she has some good people around her that would, you know, like grant, like, you know what I mean? Some great solid people who, cause here's what I tell people all the time. Even if you don't know how to support someone, the best thing you can do is just be there. Right. You don't have to know the words. You don't have to, you know, have the solution. Yeah. Again, you know, and I'm, I'm not, because this is the revolution radio show. Um, and for me, my contribution is going back. You got to go back to the core, man. And I'm going to unfortunately sometimes point back to our, our growing up, our environment. I mean, so understanding what I understand about, you know, growing up and as a child. And, and, and if you look in your own life for that empirical truth, we're talking empirical truths. Now you mm-hmm. just got to observe your own life. She probably doesn't have a decent relationship with her parents. And then that peer level. So she's she's carrying that weight of whatever that is going on in her subconscious mind. And unfortunately, as we know, even the athletes, we forget that they're people, too. And they deal with life issues like we all do. And if you don't have that um, ability to communicate with the people around you, then you start to internalize it. And once you start to internalize it, like you say, you've got to find somebody or get some kind of a mental health um, education to start to peel those layers off so you can get your life back. That's, no. that's pretty much. And, and here's the last thing I'll say on it is that for, uh, because I've been around 
because uh, you know sports and entertainment are kind of together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, I want people to understand is that uh, everyone deals with things. So, right? Because some people be like, "Well, we all got problems, and we all got whatever," right? Yeah, that's the broad stroke, right? But here's what you have to understand: Yes, maybe we all do, but we all don't have to face those things in front of the cameras, right? Mm-hmm. So that's an additional pressure that most people will never understand. Right. Like we'll never, you know, you'll, you won't understand not only people in your face, like literally not figuratively speaking, but literally with microphones asking you the most intimate or ridiculous questions, but then also having to, because since we live dictated by social media nowadays, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, seeing, um, you know, a thousand, 2000, you know, comments, on your page that are like, you suck, you this, you, right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't care who you are. That stuff will mess with you. Like that stuff, like, you know, and, and people will just don't look at it. Honestly, nah. that's easier said than done. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, just if nothing else, curiosity, like why are people saying this about me? You know what right. I mean? Like, right. and people that I've never met and probably will never, never. meet in my life. You, you you like it's natural for someone to be like you know why and start to question and then the voices and the everything else and so you know if, if we could just learn to kind of just understand that someone else's journey is not ours like truly until we walk in someone's shoes we can't fully you know i, I mean we do it all the time it's part of human nature we judge people right yeah it's a flaw but flaw. you know, I'm I'm judgmental. I don't care. I'm petty. Uh, I, you no. know, I, I had somebody. I had I had read something talking to someone on on social media, and um, they talked about telling the truth about the stuff that you're dealing with, right? And so mm-hmm. I, what I learned, I interpret that as being our inauthenticity. Like, right. if you if you honestly look, if you be authentic about your inauthenticities, that's where freedom is because you're trying to protect or hide you know all your flaws and all your issues but sometimes you 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 have to embrace those flaws because when you do that you realize that i'm not the only person dealing with this but if you think in your mind that i'm the only one and like you're saying we have no idea what she's dealing with and, and and so all of that with with the sports world we talked about objectification all like there's a there's a level of expectation that comes with being an athlete and being in entertainment business and some people are not mentally prepared for for all of it. Some of especially it, but at a not young all age, of it. especially at a young age. Yeah, you know, like how do you go from literally, uh, in her example, right, paying to play at a club, right? So you go from paying for your membership to millions of dollars, literally, like this. You know what I mean? And I snapped for those of you on the radio if you didn't hear that. <laughs> um, but like, how do you, how do you cope with that? Like, how do you cope with and not just so, again, one day, forget the money. Right. You go from one day. The only ones that know you are the people you went to high school with, your family, the ones who play tennis with you. And then all of a sudden, everywhere you like, literally everywhere you go in the world, people recognize you. So you can't have a bad day. You can't have an off day. You can't have a day where you just want to be left alone because you're always on. Right. And especially someone like her who represents so many things to like, so she represents people to, to, to black women. Right. right. But she also represents, you know, to the Asian community. Right. right. Then she also represents to the tennis community in general. And then just athlete, like she has and all her these age, nuances. And her, t- and her age group. I mean, yeah. I, I, my last thing about that. And, and this is something that I, I'm going to be sharing quite often here is you have to pay attention to, it's not just the activities of life, but the experience of life. And sometimes we discount that experience and think that, oh, well, just go do that. Go do that and you'll be fine. No, no, no. It's who you be about it. We're human beings, not human doings. So the human being comes first. So I learned if you manage the being first and you can catch that, it, it you can do things frustrated or you could do things at peace. And that's where the being comes from. So I just, you know, said my prayers to her. I, I even sent her an IG message like, hey, we, we out here with you because we, we definitely understand that mental capacity and that mental toughness. And in some areas we have courage and some areas we don't. And the areas that you don't have it or you don't experience it, 
is where that's where that inauthenticity comes from, man. So hopefully she'll be cool um, and, and get it worked out. But she's a great athlete and got a lot of potential still. So hopefully uh, this is just something that she, at least she's dealing with it early on and not like me when I was in my 40s. Right. <laughs> so nah, hopefully she can get some help early. Well, my last news story for the day is um, I don't know if you saw, but yesterday in the news yesterday, uh, there was what appeared to be initially a sh- another shooting situation at a mall in Dallas. But it was it was a false alarm. Right. Uh, people, witnesses reported hearing several gunshots that turned out to be someone banging a skateboard. Right. And it reminded me of uh, I live here in the Riverside area and about two years ago. There was a scare uh, at the Tyler Mall in Riverside. Really what it was is some dudes were and it was crazy because I was at the mall when it happened. Right. Mm. And some dudes were actually uh, robbing a jewelry store. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Okay, Yeah. yeah. So I was there. And, And the craziest thing to me. Right. Because when they what happened was they used hammers to break the glass. But every time they hit the glass, it sounded because the sound ricocheted and it sounded so people went nuts. Right. And I remember tripping because there was a family. Well, I'm assuming a family because this old lady, I'm assuming, didn't come to the mall by herself. Right. (laughs) But my point is, is people like stampeded. Right. Mm. And I'm watching this old lady and they're about to run her over. So, you know, I went over to her and just kind of helped her cross uh, into the, you know, uh, into the uh, parking lot or whatever safely and get her situated. You know what I mean? And it was like it was crazy because you could see the fear in people's eyes like they really believed that, you know, which I'm sure happened yesterday at this mall in Dallas. Right. Like, I'm sure these people really believed, oh, my God, here's another shooting. Right. Um, And I guess. Here's my point. Number one, we've gotten to a place in America where uh, people just like they almost expect a mass shooting to happen. Right. Like this is the culture, because I think it was it's uh, I saw a number the other day and I'm probably going to say the wrong number, but it was something ridiculous like this. That's just since the beginning of the year, we've had uh, over 100 mass shootings in America and they define a mass shooting as four or more people. Right. Yeah. I think um, it was like two. I think it was. I read that, too. It was like 200, I think. I, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to go too like far. It was like 232 or 200. It was like 200. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and so so that's one thing. But on the other hand, like the crazy thing is, is that and I don't know if this goes to the dysfunction I grew up in or whatever, but like being in the hood, like no one even flinches when you hear gunshots like actual (laughs) you know what i mean like it's just weird to me the juxtaposition because like i said i was there when it happened and my first inclination like everyone that's not no no gun (laughs) yeah i was like why is everybody running like i was i was really tripping like why is everybody running i didn't get like the whole you know what i'm saying Um, so for I'm going to tap on my microphone for those that are listening who grew up in the neighborhoods, as we're describing, they have a diagnosis called complex post-traumatic stress disorder. That means that 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 if you could, you could tell the difference between a firecracker and a gunshot, you have (laughs) complex post-traumatic stress disorder, because unfortunately what you're saying is real. And, And those are the things that we don't get worked on growing up. Well, and I give you an example. Uh, this weekend also, uh, I was, uh, those of you who have been to downtown LA and have been to what is affectionately known as the alleys, mm-hmm. right? The garment district in downtown LA, mm-hmm. primarily uh, minorities down there, right? Like it's primarily minorities that go shot. You can find great deals. Shout out to the alleys, by the way. You can find great deals in the alleys uh, <laughs> on literally anything that you could For possibly real. want in your life. Literally anything you could possibly Everything. want in your life. You know what I mean? They got blocks and blocks of whatever. Right. And so there was what I can only assume was maybe a car backfiring or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I could this is what I'm assuming it was. Right. Um, but again, you're t- like and it was packed like it was jam packed. So this loud boom goes off. Right. Nobody like <laughs> it just 
this the hood. You know what I mean? No, everybody just kind of looked around and just, I cool, and kept it pushing. Right. So look at the juxtaposition. You go to the mall, people freak out, almost stampede an old lady. Da, da, da. You, and it was loud. Like it, mm. it could have been a clack clack. That's what I call shotguns. I call them clack clack. <laughs> it it could have been. A, but you could tell the difference between a clack. I mean, if you've ever heard a clack clack. Right. Allegedly, I, <laughs> I, I don't I might have. I don't know. I'm just saying I've, I might have held a clack clack. and did You know, it's, it's different. Oh, that's, that's what that sound like. Yeah, it's that's different. what it feels like. There's, there's, a, so, there's a feeling that comes with it. But it was because I kept looking around, waiting. Because, like I said, having been at the mall, I was waiting to watch people run, right, so that I could kind of make fun of them. But no, because because it was all minorities, like all the minority. It was all black people, brown people, people from Central America <laughs> who really does yeah. seen war, and so they just everybody just kind of like, can we cross the street now? Like I don't, I don't know, is we good to cross the street? That was it. Nobody wanted to miss on their bargain, and so it's just uh, whether it's, it's good and bad. And I don't like I don't like those terms, but unfortunately, uh, those play out in our life in other areas, too, man. So it's not it's not it's not cool, because if you really need to react to something, you'd be like, ah, nah, it's cool. Well, but here's the here's the flip side about black people. For those of y'all who don't know. uh, So that's one hand. You have that. But then we're completely ridiculous on the other hand, because if we see another one of us running, we don't even ask questions. It just I promise you go to a black neighborhood and just start running from something. I promise you people will just join in and run with you. (laughs) They won't ask no questions. Right. That's why we're not really usually we're not typically at the you know, these these mass shootings and massacre because we like we don't stick around to like figure out what it is. If somebody running, we just gone. I'm gonna ask questions tomorrow. Yeah, why, 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 why we running? Yeah, yeah. what happened? What, <laughs> what happened? happened? What happened? What? <laughs> I don't know. You know. So that 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 uh, that stereotype that we the first ones to die in a, in a scary movie that wouldn't happen. I'm telling that's you not, why. Because yeah, the moment something janky happened, like it's <laughs> like yo, we gone, we out. You feel me? Like For real. You, the house can't talk to me, and I stay in the house. It just ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Somebody just earned a free house because I'm like you can have it. I'm out. Yeah. There's no discussion. They, we we not, know they don't. We know they don't portray us correctly in those. No, listen, man. Flicks. Look, I know in the movies. Yeah, look, most black people grew up religious to some degree. You feel me? In the movies, y'all want to call the priest to come over and pray. We ain't calling pastor. We're like, nah, man. Look, I don't live yeah, in no more. I don't live <laughs> in no more. Why not just go on ahead? You can have a house. Yeah, I'm not even getting my clothes. You Ow. feel me? Like, do you understand how scary black people is? I had a girl ask me this to see y'all. This is my ADD moments. We just call this segment Jay's ADD moments. I had a girl this weekend. At, she said she worked at an extreme. Listen to the sentence. An extreme haunted house. I said, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, non-melanated girl. What is an extreme haunted house? She said, well, you sign a waiver and they're allowed to like touch you, you know, actually, you know, like. And I was like, oh, is that like the documentary I seen? And she said, yes, I know which documentary you're talking about all over the country. There's these extreme haunted houses where they can physically as long as they and, and you sign off. Right. So let me give you an example. Uh, in the documentary, there was a group of filmmakers that went to document all of these extreme haunted houses across the country. Right. Mm-hmm. So they literally like in my mind, kidnapped these people. Right. And this one particular and she's like, oh, yeah, I know exactly which one that is. Right. I was like, what do you mean? You know, exactly. And so they made the group of them believe that one of the because I guess one of the people in the group that got in on it. And that they had killed a girl like that. It was real. Right. And they, you know, and they like literally tied them up like you sign. You agree to this. Right. When you sign off on you agree that they can tie you up. They duct taped them, showed them video and were like, you know, made them believe that one of them had got killed for real. Right. And it was like a two hour ordeal. Right. First, like, okay, so I just have to ask. I'm so I'm not even trying to be, you know, ignorant, but please, um, 
uh, and I don't know who else to ask, but white people, because y'all the only ones that seem to like this kind of thing. Please call in. Uh, listen, Send um, a message. the last I can, I'm not even allowed in haunted houses no more because <laughs> the last one I went to, the man jumped out at me and I punched him in the face <laughs> and he broke. He was like, bro, he broke character real fast. Come on, bro. What are you doing, man? And I was like, hey, my man, you, I, hey, you jump. I didn't, I didn't know that chainsaw wasn't real. You know what I'm saying? Like, they escorted me out. <laughs> they said, you can't come back here. I can't even go to Not Scary Farm. You know them dudes that, for those of you all, I know a lot of y'all go to Not Scary Farm. They got them dudes that be sliding around and like, leave me alone. Ha. Ah, you're funny. Yes, you're scary. Like, ha. Ah, like, you know what I mean? It's, again, I kicked the guy because he wouldn't stop. He kept, so just, I just need to know what is, I don't find fun in this. Cause anytime I've ever been chased in my life, it was a it real was thing. Not, yeah. It was not, it was not. I got triggers, man. I got, it was, it was not a ha ha. I'm gonna leave you alone. <laughs> I'm just you know playing. Mean? So I just need, so would you go to one of these extreme haunted houses? Nah, bro. Nah, <laughs> nah. Would you sign off to let people touch you and tie you up? Nah. Look, I'm going to tell you the truth. Happening. I talk big, but I don't even want to go to a panic room. Like, I talk big like, oh, I want to go to a panic room. You know what I'm saying? But, like, honestly, I don't want to go to a panic room. Because I don't want to, like, because, you know, all my gangsters are going to leave when I start to panic. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Because I don't, people don't know me for panicking. I'm not the panicky guy. But if we're not figuring this out, I don't know if this is really Saw. You know what I'm saying? Like, I watched the Saw movie, and I don't know. Is this really, like, it was a, you know, like, he drew, drew us in here by saying, ha-ha, it's a panic room, but really, he's a diabolical genius, and this is how he's murdering people. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And when I start to freaking out, because I don't freak out, that's the problem. You understand? So, I'm going to say... Go ahead. No, go ahead. All I'm going to say is, look, if you invite me to a panic room, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to be like, yeah, absolutely. Let's yeah. go. I'm with it. Panic room all day. But I promise you, the day that we're supposed to go, yo, man, <laughs> you know what had happened? I got to work. Know, man, I just, y'all know my heart. I got an appointment at the doctor. You know what I'm saying? I can't, man, I really wanted to go too. I'm so upset right now. <laughs> nah, just say, just say no. I'm like, I'm good. Some of that stuff is used to be fun when we was younger, but it's like... No, it was never why? fun. Why? I never liked haunted houses. I used to hate my stepfather, dude, because I was young. He'd be like, quit being, quit being a sissy. That was the thing, but y'all, y'all young millennials don't know that word, sissy. Y'all don't know that word. That's a, that's a word from another generation, you know, but he'd be like, quit being a sissy. What you gonna do? Go in there. And this is the kind of... This is how parents used to talk to you. You acting like a girl? You gonna cry now? You gonna cry? <laughs> so you can't talk to millennials like that. No, you better not. <laughs> That's how but, they used to talk to us. But the last note for the haunted, uh, for my veteran community out there, we know uh, in our facilities that there be some stuff going on. So, so let me. I've, okay, I've let experienced. Me go. I gotta I've ask you then. That. So then you believe that there are some actual paranormal? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Have yeah. you ever you experienced the unexplainable? Oh, for sure. As I said, military, some, not all, but a few couple military bases that I was stationed at, bro. Oh, the actual bases. Oh, bro. Because so they say that equipment, you know, we use equipment that's old. So you don't know who's touched that. You don't know where that equipment has gone with the stuff that we train on, those vehicles that have been in war. Like, so they're, so they're, um. I've, I've, I've experienced some in my own workplace and, and my supply sergeant experienced something in the same workplace. My recruiter buddy who was there experienced something in the workplace. And then even at our battalion headquarters, like, so this would be, a if good you pay attention, plot. if you pay attention, um, if those military bases, because again, we have no idea where that equipment has been. And they say those spirits attach themselves to those pieces. And so we've heard dog tags jingling, um what's the why like the just the most i almost peed my pants bro i seen so many orbs and they and 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 they would come between october and february like a like a light like a orb yeah like, a, like the like, like but not yeah like a bunch like a, and that's how we knew that the building was something going on 
And so uh, we used oh, to so walk- there was multiple of you guys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we used to walk in and uh, we would go, yay, like that. Right. To let people know that we we in. So don't 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 pull no pistols out and no rifles right. out. Right. So we okay. make our presence known. So one night my supply sergeant was staying there. Um, he was in transition of getting his condo. And he so the next morning he said, hey, did you stop by last night? I'm like, nah, man. He was like, I was at home. He was like, man, I heard somebody go, yay. And he said, I came out of my supply room and looked around. He was like, there was nobody there, bro. <laughs> he said, I closed the door. So then we, once we started, once I put people on notice, like, pay it. And, and so my recruiter, we would, we would hear stuff, bro. Like, And then my same guy was at the battalion and was in the shower. And her dog tags coming down the hallway. Okay, so I'm gonna play the cynic for a moment. Yeah. Could it possibly be other soldiers messing with people? I'm I'm just playing the cynic. It's it could be possible, but I was there by myself. Possible but not likely. Not yeah, I was there by myself and I was like, what I what I saw and what I heard, I'm like, I'm out. I packed up like I'm out. <laughs> you did you wouldn't catch me there but it got by the time it got dark. I'm out, and and it was a particular and it was a particular time of the year. That's what I noticed. It was between October and February that it would just be like a lot of activity. Okay, I got another question for you. Go ahead. Are these bases down south? No, these are right here in California. Oh, okay. Because uh, I have a theory over. about the bases down south. Yeah, I have a theory that you know because a lot of them bases were former Confederate bases and form mm-hmm. you know like a lot of really wicked evil stuff went down, you know, and even like places where it was on former plantations. Right. Well, yeah, so, I'm sure you have a mixture of all of that, but I'm, I'm saying from a military aspect, that equipment, those toolboxes yeah. are old. And like I said, you have no been, idea who, yeah. where they've been. Where we they get them were, to train on to what train they've been with. around, what they've been exactly. around. Exactly. So they say that, that they attach themselves to those, those pieces of equipment to that stuff. And this would be a crazy movie plot. Yeah, it's crazy. Think I've because I've never seen that before. Like I never. This would be a crazy movie plot. Yeah, we don't play. We don't play with that. <laughs> so is it like a thing in the military that people kind of like that's? A, oh yeah, old barracks. Come on, you go to the old barracks, man, and you'd be like, okay, what? what? And nobody else in here but me, the five of us. Well, who's that? <laughs> wow. Who's that? And then you, at some point, like you say, you get the complex post-traumatic stress and you just right. be like, ah, whatever. <laughs> I ain't afraid of you. Whatever. Come on. That's why you should become war. See, this is what I'm talking about. When you wear ears around your neck, none of that affects you. You just in it to like the if degree. You know what I'm saying? You sit and chat with them. You be like, yeah. So this is my buddy Ron from World War II. You know what I'm saying? Him and I were talking. <laughs> you feel me? Like you just so inundated it. You know what I mean? You just be like, yeah, I see dead people. Hey, you know what I mean? Don't, we don't put it past. I just, man, okay. I'm going to tell my story. And this is going to sound, it's going to be the most ridiculous story you ever heard. But I promise you, this is a true story. And if my mama was here, she would co-sign it, but she's not here. So whatever. But uh, anyone who's ever been to northern New Mexico, right? And I have to always say this. New Mexico is a state in the United States uh, nestled between Arizona, Texas and Colorado. Just wanted to say that. But uh, there's a lot of like spirituality that's a part of the culture of the state from Catholicism to, you know, a lot of other, you know, like Santeria and different, like, you know, and the, the, you know, stuff with the native tribes and whatnot. So there's a lot of this blend of all this stuff. Right. And you hear stories all the time. Uh, But um, in Northern New Mexico, we were living in this little place called Española, New Mexico. Uh, Right. And Mm -hmm. so Española Again, very like there's like even for I remember, you know, being there in the summers because that's where my grandma lived. There was a, a like a cult, like a Branch Davidian type cult, like tunics, the whole nine that lived like it just was one of those breeding places for this type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so we lived in this little and we only we literally only lived there for like a month. That's how long we lasted. Right. 
So there was like, so for example, uh, and I'll say this real quick because we run it down on time, but basically during the day, my mom, like not at night, during the day, my mom would have to turn the radio up because there would be like, you could hear like whispers and just different noises, right? So to not freak herself out, she would turn the radio up. Like I'm hearing, yeah, you know, like I'm hearing things, but I'm not going, because you know, who you going to tell that? Like, right? And so- um, there was, you know, and my mom had said that like, even she, cause I was really young at the time that, uh, like she would place me in my bed and that like, and I don't sleepwalk. I like, I sleep like a dead person my entire life. I've always slept like, like, I'm like, you could come in and murder me and I wouldn't, you know, but when you wake me up, ah, ah, you know, you know, I get up swinging, but, um, she would, you know, two, three times a night would find me on the couch. Right. And so, uh, long, so long story short, it culminated with this one particular night, my mother felt like someone was trying to physically like assault her, like in bed, like, you know, laying next to my stepfather and, you know, she woke him up. He was like, oh, you're crazy. Go back. Just like, I'm right here. There's nobody else. And you know what I mean? He was one of those super macho, like from, you know, and again, a time long gone away, super macho dudes, you know, eat nails, that kind of guy. And so she said she got, she couldn't sleep. She got up at, uh, at midnight, went to the restroom. Cool. Got up again at three o'clock in the morning. And I don't know why three o'clock is, uh, is this, uh, you know, what they call the witch's hour or whatever. But at that time, she went to the restroom and hanging in the restroom was a picture of a demon that was bleeding. It was actually bleeding. Right. Hold on. The story gets better. So she's like, ah, that's it. We out. Like, gets me, my brother. We go to my grandma's house. My stepfather stays there. Right. He's like, ah, you guys are crazy. Ah, right. Because he's that guy. There's not, you know, you put that picture there. Like he literally told her that. Like you put that picture there. Right. So to this day. Right. And since then, both of them have passed away. And I asked them on a number of occasions what happened. So my stepfather, this guy who has looked guns in the face, he's from El Salvador. So he literally lived through the civil war that they had, like his whole family was involved in that. They were all in the conflict. Look, you know, saw beheaded bodies. None of that affected. I mean, it affected him, but it didn't. You know, what I mean, it's not like he was scared because uh, he grew up seeing that. So it was like normal. Right. This dude and I've never and I never in my life to the day he passed away, never saw him afraid of anything like anything. And we, we he was involved with like the Pablo Escobar cocaine trade in the 80s. You feel me? Like so scary situations. This dude showed up at my grandma's door at five o'clock in the morning and had peed his pants. Come on. Didn't talk about it. Didn't say a he just showed up at my grandma's had peed his pants and didn't say I need to come in. Didn't say just, he just opened, we opened the door. He walked in, you know, yeah. And he like, and we would ask like, yo, what happened? He just like, he wouldn't even say, I don't know what you're talking about. He would just ignore you. Like, there was never a word spoken on what happened there. The next day, the, the local priest went over, like to this day, I think they still have that picture in the Catholic church over there in Española, New Mexico. Like they came and did whatever they do. You know what I mean? But my point is something had to have happened for that man to show up having peed his pants. Mm-mm-mm. You feel me? All I can say is I don't, it was unexplainable. I can't tell you what it was. I can't tell you, but I know this. They were never able to keep people in that home longer than a month at a time. That house was always being like vacated, 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 vacated. And basically the people who lived there originally were gypsies. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. All I know is, and they finally had to just tear it down because nobody would live there. Nobody would live there. And so that's my experience of having to, and I mean, there's been other things, but I mean, that's the real, as far as like, like the scary stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, it's nothing, you, to, it's, it's nothing to play with. I've, I've had, like I said, the outside military base is the same as well. Uh, my buddy who's going to be on my show tonight, uh, talked about his family in Chicago, uh, parents moved into a house that was on the Indian burial ground and they Ooh. was having all kind of stuff happen. And so that candy man, yo man, that stuff is, I, you got to experience know, it for yourself. Yeah. It, <laughs> you I, you experience know, it for yourself. 
And look, for those of you who are, you know, spiritual, you know, those people of faith, you know, that do acknowledge that the spiritual does exist, um, you know, uh, there's some things that will make you pee your pants if, if you ain't right. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't right, that's why, I look, uh, I, I tell you know, I'm going to tell them like the old pastor, you say you better get right before you get left. That's all I'm going to say in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man. You know what I, I mean? Play with them spirits, man. Hey, but we wind it down towards the end, man. Before we get out of here, you got anything to say to the audience? Nah, man, again, just uh, it's June. We definitely going to get into some revolution conversations for this month. Juneteenth coming up. Uh, World Sickle Cell Day for me. So I'm going to be speaking uh, online for a few conferences about that inherited gene and global awareness. So I think June's going to be pretty exciting, man. Uh, Absolutely. I'm looking forward to uh, the shows to come. Absolutely. And so just, you know, just again, it's a new, you know, I, I posted this and it's actually the title of the show, but look, it's a new day, a new week, a new month. It's a new life. It's up to you. If anything won't go in your way, turn it around. Got to dig, but uh, this is the Revolution Radio Show. On behalf of myself and the Statesman, we want to appreciate you for tuning in every day as you do. Please continue to do so. We will see you. Uh, and if you can't stay, stay tuned in because right after this, uh, Farhan has his show. So stay tuned. Literally, as soon as we go off, boom, it's his show. <laughs> I'm on. You know what I mean? So we'll keep it pushing. But uh, other than that, I hope you guys have an amazing day. I will see you tomorrow. And, uh, you know, as always, reach for your best. Reach for success, but most of all, reach for God because God is love and love is everything. We'll see y'all. Oh, my. time of uncertainty. Indy's demolition in Huntington Park is open for business and the staff is optimistic about the future of our community. Now more than ever, it's time to shop local. Indy's demolition encourages all listeners to support small businesses and local families. Share your buying and service experiences online and by word of mouth. Together, we can mend the fabric of our community. That's from Indy's Demolition in Huntington Park. We're there reminding everyone your hand is the heart of our community. The Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands is serving up some really cool ice cream at La Micho Acana. Then get your chocolates and other delights from Seas Candies. Moms and future moms who visit the mall can cool off and relax while they get treated like royalty at Shiny Nails or Francis Nails and then pampered at Texture Hair. The Tri-City Center is filled with retailers who care about you. Shop at the Tri-City AA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3.